from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome to the show. I am Jake Scorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I'm a little out of breath. I didn't realize what time it was, and I uh, stupidly thought I could use the restroom in 30 seconds. Uh, I will wash my hands after, I promise. All right, we got a great show for you guys tonight. I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you tonight. Um, I'm just going to share my feelings. And I don't often do this, and so I feel like I really want to. I missed you guys last night. I missed you so much. I mean, I was here, but after the show, 10 o'clock rolled around. I was excited to, you know, head home, get some sleep. And then I get home, and I'm laying in bed. My wife's already asleep. And I think to myself... Wouldn't it be fun to be doing the radio show right now? Wouldn't it be fun to be back inside that studio talking with you guys? So I've missed you. And I mean, I guess that just makes me wonder, like, have you guys, I don't know, have you missed me? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right, fair enough. All right, uh, we got a great show. We got a ton of stuff to get to. I promise we're going to get to it in just a second. But first off, I did not plan on this happening to me, but it did happen to me this morning. I was a hero. All right, listen to this, Matt. So I'm driving home from dropping my son off at school. And it's morning time. It's morning time rush, morning time traffic and everything. And I get to uh, this intersection, right? Like right before I get to my house. And I get to this intersection, and there's a car that's kind of stalled up at the light. It's not It's not moving. I don't know if it's stalled. Just something's happening. The car's not moving. It's a like a new-ish looking uh, uh, Subaru, whatever. It's like every, to be honest, like every grandma in the world has this exact car. I promise. This is the car that they all drive. It's a Subaru Forester. It's what grandmothers drive. And a lot of people in Seattle, like a lot of young men in Seattle also drive that car. But where I grow up, where I live, uh, it's kind of a grandma car. So I see this car, it's, I don't know, maybe an old person car. So I see this car stalled and it's like three cars in front of me and the light turns green. I don't know how often you, how, how long you wait after the light turns green, but I have about two tenths of a second before I slam on my horn. Yeah. Do you wait much longer than that? Or are you pretty much like, all right, let's get moving. And pretty much let's get moving. Yeah. So usually I would, except I'm three cars back from this car. So it's not really my job because there's that hierarchy that happens. So like the car directly behind the guy it's his responsibility to get that car moving. So they honk immediately, which is great. Maybe even a little quicker than I would have, but they honk immediately. So I appreciate that. And then the car door opens for this car. Nobody hops out. Something's happening inside. I don't know what's happening inside, but nobody hops out. The door opens and kind of this limp arm comes out of the door and like it's kind of hanging there and it's like kind of flailing around in a way that I don't understand. And doesn't look like, like if somebody's, just, if their car's just dead or something, you would just say, maybe somebody would pop out and they would go, eh, my car's dead. And they yeah, might point at waving, the car. Yeah. They wave at you, right? It's like the universal thing. And you can just, and they wave you around, wave you around, keep going. But they didn't do that. They just kind of put their arm outside the car. And if you're watching the studio camera right now, it looked like this, just kind of like a, a weird shake. So I get in my head. We've had some family health stuff lately in my uh, uh, extended family. So I get it in my head. You know what I think is going on here? Like, this is a possibility. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's a Subaru. I assume there's a grandparent of some kind in this car. And I think to myself, I'm, I'm going to go save a life. Like, somebody in there is having maybe a, a, a stroke. They might be having some sort of a seizure situation. Maybe they're having, you know, maybe they're having a heart attack or something. I just don't know. And I was so proud of myself because I leapt out of my car. 
Nobody else in line did this. Like nobody else leapt. Everybody else just stood in line. I leap out of my car and I run in the middle of the road. There's like busy, you know, busy cars coming the other way. There's like a long line. There's probably like 35 cars behind me now in this, in this light that is now green and is now cycled to red. People are starting to get upset, but they're very passive aggressive. So they're also not doing too much about it. They're just sitting in their cars, waiting it out. So I get out of the car and I run up to this car. The door's wide open and I get up to the side and I'm kind of like, and I, I pull up. And I'm surprised because it's a young man, like my age, like looks you know, exactly my age, not an old man. And I'm, and I'm, I'm so caught off guard that I'm like, oh, uh, is everything okay? I thought you were an old man. I thought I assumed you were having some sort of an episode. And the guy kind of, um, he's holding his keys and he goes, my car won't start. I don't know what's wrong with my car. It won't start. And he's like, kind of, he's like, clearly he's not equipped for this situation. He did not expect this situation to happen. And so I'm like, uh, well, does the, is everything like, does the car turn on or he's like, no, it just won't even move. It won't move. And so I think to myself, I'm like, all right, well, I expected this to be an old guy. It's not clearly his car has just died. So I'm like, can you put it into neutral? He goes, it's already in neutral. He's like freaking out. And then he, uh, <laughs> he kind of looks at me for the first time. He makes eye contact with me and He's totally, his face is just like stone-faced, like like dead behind the eyes, doll's eyes, you know, Quint Speech Jaws face. This guy is not, should not be in a car. I don't know what he's doing. He should not be a car in a car. And so I'm like, can I give you a shove? And he has this like light click on, like he's not considered the idea that maybe you could move a car in neutral. I don't know how this didn't cross his mind. He absolutely should have thought of this beforehand. So I'm like, I'm going to give you a shove from behind. And so I get behind his car and I give him a shove and I can tell when he was sitting there, like he was contemplating, I'm just going to have to live at this intersection now. This is where life is for me now. He was so beyond. He couldn't do anything about it. And I'm sitting there, I'm wondering, like, so I give him a quick shove. There's a little downhill slant. So his car immediately, like I said, it's in neutral, just rolls off to the side. Crisis averted. All these cars go by me. I walk back. People are clapping. They're giving me thumbs up and everything. I'm feeling like a hero. And I'm wondering, like, how does this guy get in a situation where his car stops and still, and he's a grown man, he's at least 35 years old, his instinct is to just sit in his car and stare at his keys with 40 cars behind you. Has your car ever died like that on you? Fortunately, no. It's no fun. But what you do, like the the, the thing you should do, is you should get out of your car, you should put your uh, blinkers on, right? and then you should, uh, your hazard lights on, you get out of your car, and then you grab the steering wheel with the right hand, you push on the door frame with your left hand, and you try to move that car. And so when I told him I'll give you a push, he just like sat in his car and did nothing. And I was just like, this, what is this guy doing? How did people help get... you push? No, of course he didn't help me push. It was ridiculous. But the long story is, the long story now is, uh, it is a long story. I apologize for that. I was the man who stepped in. I was the hero. I don't want you guys texting in and calling me a hero. There's other people who can do that. It's not a big deal. What's better is this massive radio audience that we have just knows that your host is a hero. And that leads me to our trivia clip for the night. We do a trivia clip every night. We play this. There's no context to it. You guys can guess on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888 Take a guess. If you don't know, I will tell you at the start of the news roundup. But for now, good luck. Sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero, because what's a hero? But sometimes there's a man. And I'm talking about the dude here. Sometimes there's a man, well, 
He's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there. And that's the dude. And even if he's a lazy man, and the dude was most certainly that, quite possibly the laziest in Los Angeles County, which would place him high in the running for laziest worldwide. But sometimes there's a man. Sometimes there's a man. Ah, lost my train of thought here. But, ah, hell, I done introduced him enough. All right, good luck on that clip. I, I will think be so disappointed that people <laughs> yeah. don't get this. That's, that's I know. Awesome. I think I think they're going to get it. It's a good. It's a great movie. Uh, if we talk about it too much here, we're going to give away the answer. But I think most people are going to know that instantly. So fantastic! What a great opening scene, too. So great. All right, uh, let's just get into it. Seven minutes into the segment, we're finally getting into it. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I'm feeling chatty tonight. All right, uh, this story is about another man who I would call a hero. This is about another hero. He's not a guy who like pushes a car like I did, which is not really that heroic. I mean, what, whatever, yeah, it's kind of heroic. It's not that heroic, though. This guy is actually a real hero. There's a 70-year-old store owner who fended off a knife-wielding robber by brandishing his own in-store defense system. James Lynch, who is a fantastic reporter here at Cairo News Radio, he has this story that I just warms my heart. So this store owner, he's 70 years old. He owns a, uh, a market down in Tacoma called Selena One Market. And the business has been robbed from time to time. The owner of the store is a guy named Nafe Ketterman, And Nafe is kind of sick of it. And he's tired of being held up. He's tired of losing his inventory. He's tired of losing money to these punks. So what does he do? He just gets a big old fat machete. And he takes care of business. And he keeps it behind the counter. James Lynch has a little bit about that. Knife Kediman and his wife run the Selena One Market in Tacoma. For the past year, he's kept a machete under the register for protection, something a knife-wielding robber didn't know when he walked into the market on Monday. When the bad guy pulled a knife, Knife pulled his machete. He backed up there. He was shocked. Fell down right there. The man managed to run from the store but was arrested the next day. James Lynch, Cairo News Radio. So the cool thing is, uh, apparently Nafe, when he was talking to this uh, would-be robber who shoved a knife in his face, Nafe grabs his machete, and what do you think he says? Now, this is not a joke. I pulled this clip because this is actually in the story. Nafe says, you think that's a knife? This is a knife. Just like Crocodile Dundee. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick. Give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That's a knife. Man, I love those Crocodile Dundee movies. They're so great. So apparently Ketterman must be a fan of Dundee because he had that great line, unless he came up with it himself, in which case he's uh, even cooler than I think he is. Uh, let's see. The suspected robber ran from the store, was later caught by the police, but then he came back and he threatened Ketterman again. So what does Ketterman do? Takes care of business again. Police get this guy a second time. They arrest him. The whole story is fantastic. It truly is. We're actually going to talk to Nafe. I, I got his phone number. He said I can give him a call, so I'm going to give him a call. I actually think he's working at his shop, so we're going to reach out to him in just a little bit, try to get him on the show, and uh, ask him all about this. He sounds like a cool guy. I want him to be my friend. All right, let's move along. 
You guys mind if we get political for just a second? All right, let's talk politics. The campaign trail. Trump really seems to have stepped in it in this uh, on this one. So apparently he was at a uh, a campaign stop and he was speaking with some folks. So his only opponent right now running for the uh, GOP nomination is uh, Nikki Haley. And so, of course, he's taking shots at her. When Ron DeSantis was running, he called him Ron DeSantimonious. 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 When he was running against Chris Christie, he defended him and he said he was not a fat pig. Um, When he runs against Joe Biden, he calls him Crooked Joe Biden. So he always comes up with these names for his opponents. And Nikki Haley, he refers to her as bird brain. But he... Went one step further, which is, I think, one step, I mean, you know, whatever. You can make an argument about whether or not he should be calling names. I actually think politics is so ridiculous, it actually spices it up a little bit. It kind of makes it entertaining for us. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but uh, it is entertaining. But Trump took it one step too far, and he took a shot at Nikki Haley's husband, who is a guy named Michael Haley. Now, he implied, I'm not quite sure what he's implying here, but this is what he said about Michael Haley at a recent campaign stop. She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He knew. So I guess he's kind of implying there. Uh, this is my guess. I'm not sure about this, but I think he's kind of implying that her husband has realized that her campaign is kind of on life support and it's a waste of his time to support her at these events. So Nikki Haley was pretty quick to respond, and she said that he shouldn't be making fun of campaign uh, combat vets, of which her husband is one. He's actually deployed right now. Uh, users on X were pretty quick to point out that uh, Mike, Mike, uh, Mike, Michael Haley, I call him Mike, Michael Haley, Nikki Haley's husband, is currently serving overseas with the South Carolina National Guard. Nikki Haley made a mention of this when she was on her campaign stop. But if you mock the service of a combat veteran, you don't deserve a driver's license, let alone being president of the United States. So I, I and then and then Michael Haley, because the Internet makes the world a tiny place, you know, he's in uh, uh, somewhere overseas right now. He then went online and he made a post about Trump, which kind of went viral. I mean, millions and millions of people have now seen it and liked it or shared it or whatever they do to make it viral. It's a picture of a wolf. And on it, there's text that reads, the difference between humans and animals, animals would never allow the dumbest, which is kind of funny. To lead the pack, I think, is the rest of it. Well, he didn't include, it didn't include that. Yeah, he just said it would never allow it, yeah. the dumbest. Um, but that makes that makes a lot more sense because wolves in leading pack. And uh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate the context. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on on the Trump side of things. I, all in all, I don't think it's a good idea to take shots at veterans, obviously, and it's also probably better idea just to like leave family out of it. it. Just doesn't seem that smart. So for this one, Donald Trump, not a smart move. Did you use the word smart? Don't ever use the word smart with me because right. you know what? There's nothing smart about you. Oh, that's not nice, Trump. All right, let's check in on the Biden campaign. Uh, this is this is good news for President Biden. He's picked up a key endorsement, although I doubt they'll be talking much about it. Vladimir Putin sat down for an interview with Russia State Television, and he was asked who he'd rather see elected, Biden or Trump. Now, this is in Russian, so if you don't speak Russian, I'm going to give you the uh, um, I'm going to give you Reuters version of this in just a moment, where they actually tell you what they're saying. But for those of you who do speak Russian, enjoy. Для нас кто лучше, Байден или Трамп? Байден. Он человек более опытный, он прогнозируемый, он 
политик старой формации. Но мы будем работать с любым лидером США, которому окажет доверие американский народ. So Reuters translated it, and apparently Biden, uh, not Biden, apparently Putin was asked who he would rather see uh, in, in uh, the White House uh, next, uh, next year, who he would rather see win the election. According to Reuters, Putin replied without hesitation, he said Biden. Uh, he is a more experienced, predictable person a polit- uh, of a politician. He is old school. Um, and he also says, but we will work with any U.S. president who the American people have confidence in. Uh, that was what he added at the end. Putin also told this little anecdote. He said that he knows that Biden has been taking shots from folks about his mental fitness at the age of 81. Putin says uh, uh, his, the attacks on him have been getting more and more vicious. I just think it's funny that Putin is defend, defending Vi- Biden here. I think it's kind of funny. Um, and he said uh, when he met Biden back in 2021, people were already saying that Biden wasn't competent. But according to Putin, he saw nothing of the sort. Yes, he looked at his notes. And to be honest, I looked at mine. This is all from Vladimir Putin. No big deal, says Putin. So he banged his head on the helicopter when he was getting out of it. Who of us hasn't banged their head on something? Uh, I was unaware that Biden hit his head on a helicopter. Maybe vaguely remember something about that. But uh, So that's from Vladimir Putin, uh, the critical endorsement in uh, next year's election. I tend to think that things are generally the opposite of what Putin has to say. I think that's kind of a psyop, perhaps. You think he actually wants Trump? I think so. I think he's reversing. He's playing a trick. I He's a savvy guy. I could not disagree more. I think he absolutely wants Biden. I, I, if somebody tells you what they're saying, I believe him. I believe what Putin's saying. He's not an honest man. <laughs> All right. Dis- agree to disagree, Matt. All right. Uh, we got a lot coming up on the show. Matt, what do we got? All right, on tonight's show, coming up, we'll talk to that machete-wielding shop owner. And it has been a historical day for SpaceX. Find out why. Also, Lisa Brooks joins us, of course, for everyone's favorite, the News Roundup. All headed your way on Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. All right, I want to tell you guys this story. In fact, we have a really special guest coming on in just a second. But first, a little background. James Lynch, who is a great reporter here at Cairo Radio, he found this story about this guy who owns a little convenience store down in Tacoma. And, of course, these convenience stores from time to time, they tend to get robbed because they're in sometimes kind of dangerous areas. So... The store owner decided he was done with this. He was sick of having his store robbed. He was sick of the same people over and over again. So what does he decide to do? He gets a machete. He's being held up with little knives, and he decides, well, I'm going to bring a bigger knife to a knife fight. And so he gets a machete. So what happens is he has a guy comes into his store the other day, back on February 5th. This guy tries to steal from him, pulls out a tiny little knife. The store owner is a guy. Uh, uh, the store owner is 70 years old. His name is Knife Ketterman. Can you believe that? Also, just the irony, his name his name is pronounced Knife. Uh, the store owner's name is Knife Ketterman. He pulls out his machete, and he has just a classic line that you will all recognize from a very famous movie about a guy who carries a big knife. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure, kid. There you go. And your wallet. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. 
that's a knife. Everybody remembers that iconic scene from Crocodile Dundee. I got the store owner on with me right now. I think he's at his shop, Selena One Market in Tacoma. Knife Ketterman, thank you so much, sir, for coming on and making the time with us. Yeah, thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Uh, your store was robbed, and is this is this a pretty common problem for you? It's happened a couple of times, yeah. Is it generally over, like, low-price items, or are they holding you up and asking for money at the register? Yes. They're pulling knives on you, is that right? Yes. James has in this story, and this just this warmed my heart when I saw this. You decided if they're going to bring a small knife, you're going to get a bigger one. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a you got a big machete. That's right. I, I watched the video. The video's on MyNorthwest.com. You can actually go and watch this. Uh, the Tacoma Police Department released this video. They posted it up on Facebook, so we uh, we put it on the My Northwest site. And what it looks like is you have somebody who's standing across from you at the register. It looks like you guys are talking for, for like a minute or so. What was happening there? Well, he pulled the knife, and he looked. This is a uh, holdup. He said, it's a robbery. Understand? I said, yeah, I understand. I look at the knife. I said, well, I'm not with this knife. But when I pulled this, I said, this would be a cold knife. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, just uh, freeze. He back up and fell down on the floor. He was so scared. Are you a Crocodile Dundee fan? <laughs> I love that movie. I watched it many times. I can tell. I can tell. Because that's a great, iconic line from the movie. You got to become Crocodile Dundee. In this moment, you must have just been buzzing afterwards, feeling like, yes, I took care of this guy. And then James asked you this question. I thought this was really great. James says, were you scared? What was the answer you gave James? I never been scared. He was scared, actually. And nice. uh, my wife actually was standing right there. She saw the whole thing. When she saw the knife in my hand, and she just was scared for him. She said, he's crying, don't touch him. <laughs> and she pushed me away, actually. I told him, keep on the floor, stay on the floor. Uh, I'm going to hold him just till the police come. And uh, that gave him a, a little chance. He ran, he stand up, and he ran to the door. I told him, go close the door. But So he ran through the door, I'm run away. And the police came, and they tried to find him. They couldn't. That was on the 5th. Monday on the 5th. Sounds to me like this guy should come back and thank your wife because... Uh, well, she, he should. He came back the second day, actually. Oh, did he really? Yeah, the to, second day on the 6th. To do what? Around 9.30, 10, the police find him behind the Bates College down there. They recognize him, take him to the jail, put him about 9.30, 10 in the morning, and release him 7 in the evening. And instead to go home and be nice... He came to the store again, and he stood right in front of the door. I had two customers in front of me. He stood by the door, and he said, listen, I'm going to come back and rob you again and kill you. I look at him, I recognize the guy. He said, are you the guy yesterday robbed me? He said, yes, and I'm coming back. I said, okay, one step on the door, I'm going to fix you up. And he put one step on front of the door inside, Then I hit him in the chest right here. You punched him or you hit him with yeah. the knife? With the fist. No, he didn't, he didn't need the knife. He's crazy. And I hit him and he fell down outside. And those guys just run out. And they hold him to the police came to take him. The police came in and they told me well, he's, he needs help. Blah, blah. We need to just take him to the hospital instead of the jail. I said, well, that's fine. Just get him away from here. 
and we asked him to come in the ambulance, and he refused. All right, so the police arrest him. He doesn't want to go into the ambulance, even though they say he needs to go to the hospital. And so instead, they decide to take him to jail. Is that right? Yes. And that's, yes, the, second, that's the second time. That's the second time. On the sixth. The first day was on the fifth. Yikes. Do you know when, if he has a court date coming up anytime soon? 22nd, I believe. 22nd. I received some papers. Yeah, 22nd. Well, Mr. Kataman, I got to say, you're my hero. I think it's fantastic you're defending your store. Here's a quick question for you, a little side note, because I'm, I'm a married man as well. Was your wife pretty yeah. impressed that you fought him off with that machete? I mean, I saw what happened in Crocodile Dundee. Is that the same situation for you? Oh, yeah. Was she, was she swooning when you finished that? She thought, this is a man. <laughs> yeah. She's proud of me, old man, you know? <laughs> oh, I love that. All right. Well, it, so it sounds like you got some customers coming in. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, uh, we'll you. check back in with you. But have a great night, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was Knife Ketterman. Obviously, he's got to get back to work. So we will uh, we'll end the interview there. But I'll tell you what. What I really admire about this guy is this is a 70-year-old guy who is working his butt off trying to make this business work. And he's got punks coming in trying to rob him. I feel like there's kind of this culture these days where we just say, this is just going to happen. People are going to get robbed. I hate that. I love that he's like an old school guy who takes a crocodile Dundee approach, who very much reminds me of a Clint Eastwood type and just says, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm just going to start carrying a giant knife with me, a big machete. And if these punks want to come in and try to steal from my store, uh, they're not going to be able to do it. I I, I applaud him. I don't recommend doing what he's doing. I actually think that you should probably just, uh, if you have the opportunity to get out of a situation and to get out of it and just be safe, certainly the police would recommend that you don't engage with somebody who's trying to rob you. If somebody comes up to you and tries to get your wallet, just let them have it. But you can't help but also kind of want to salute this guy a little bit because he's just done with it. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. So stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Boy, we're getting a lot of text messages about the interview we just did with uh, Knife Ketterman. He is the Tacoma store owner who decided that he kind of had enough and he pulled out a big fat machete when some guy tried, came up to his cash register and tried to rob him with a tiny little knife and uh, Nave said, you think that's a knife? This is a knife. Just exactly like Crocodile Dundee. I'm so glad I was able to talk to him and ask him if he was a Dundee fan and he's just like, yes, I love that. It's my favorite movie. Uh, a lot of people texting us right now saying that it's so refreshing to hear from a guy who's not going to take it anymore. Uh, this is from Carl in Port Orchard. He said, that's right. People have to start standing up for themselves and make those criminals think twice, which I totally agree with. I understand why people are hesitant to stand up in situations like this. You just never know what somebody's got on them. And people are in desperate situations and they do stupid things. The worst thing in the world would be if somebody pulled out a knife or a gun and wanted to take your wallet, and you said no, and then they decided they're going to take your wallet anyway and and harm you. That would be the worst. But I also like the idea that criminals are scared. I don't like them walking around thinking that they're the you know they're in charge. I like the idea that criminals should like be on their heels. Have you seen the movie Nobody, Matt? Have you seen that movie? I haven't seen that one. 
No. What's the premise? Bob Odenkirk. Nobody? No? How did I miss that? Oh, my gosh. Matt. Jeez Louise, dude. All right. We got to do some more. I'm just going to make a list. Uh, this should. is this Give me is some homework. You've but you've seen most movies. I'm surprised. <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies, but I've missed that one. Somehow. All right, so Bob Odenkirk plays this guy who you know who Bob Odenkirk oh, is from uh, Mr. Show Saul, yeah. and yeah, Better Call Saul. He plays this guy for he got a he got this he had this real life experience in his own life where he woke up one night and it was late and it was in his house and he heard a rustling downstairs, somebody rummaging through his house. And he had two, he had, he has kids and stuff. And so he goes down there to check on him and it is like, uh, he's being robbed and he doesn't do anything about it. He just basically, they hide, they, they, the robbers go away, which is technically the correct response. That's what you should do. Don't confront robbers in the middle of the night. If you can avoid it, avoid it. So he had this experience. I heard him talk about it on a podcast once. And then, uh, this sits with him for like 10 years, like kind of like gnawing at him and it's eating at his consciousness and it's like making him feel like, did I defend my family? What would have happened if the worst would have happened? Would I have been able to defend my family? So he gets this idea in his head that like, oh, this would actually be a really good premise for a movie. So he calls up one of the guys who made, um, what are those movies that are with uh, Keanu Reeves? The John, the John, John Wick. Wick yeah. John Wick. So he calls up uh, one of the guys who directs those John Wick movies, and he has this idea for a movie. Maybe maybe first he called a writer. Anyway, um, they write this script called Nobody, and he plays a version of himself, just this guy living his life. And one night he wakes up. There's people in his house. They rob him. He teaches his family to, to not do anything. He decides not to do anything about it. I didn't plan on just like giving you the plot of this movie, but I will right now. Yeah, go with it. Yeah. So uh, – he then, um, they rob him and take his like prized possession, which is like a watch that his dad gave him or something. It's like the only thing that he values that his dad gave him. And they make off with it. His family just looks at him the next morning, just disgusted because this guy, you know, let them get away with this. And what we don't know is that Bob Odenkirk has secretly been hiding this past that he's tried to bury deep, 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 deep down. That he was like this super high-level CIA, uh, like wartime, bad A, and nice. has all these skills. And then he just, he kind of like, have you ever seen the movie called Falling Down with Michael Douglas? Yeah, yeah. Who I just kind of loses yeah. it. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk kind of just like goes right back to his old habits. And so he then hunts these guys down. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of not what you think it is. And then he ends up getting involved with the Russian mob and it just gets crazier and crazier. I got to watch this. It's so preposterous. The movie's so preposterous, but there's a scene. I won't ruin any more of it for you. But there is a scene in the movie where he's riding around, and he has gone back to get his dad's watch back. And anybody who's seen the movie, they're texting me right now. They're like, this movie's so awesome. It's like it's such a guy movie. It's especially like such a middle-aged guy movie because it's all about this wish fulfillment, like this fantasy of, oh, what if I had these skills? So he goes to get his dad's watch back, and it's not what he thinks it is. And he ends up not having that, you know, like that. He doesn't get to exercise those demons, but he gets a watch back. And then uh, <laughs> then he gets on this bus, and he's just riding around on this bus late at night. And he's just, like, praying for something bad to happen. He just wants something bad to happen. And then the movie takes his turn, probably around a minute 25 or something like that. That's when it usually happens in a screenplay. Uh, right around page 25, he has a run-in with this Russian mob. And then the movie just explodes into joyous chaos and fighting. And Bob Odenkirk, the cool thing about this is he did all of his, 
Uh, somebody's texting me right now. What movie are you talking about? I'm talking about a movie called Nobody. Thank you, Shelly uh, and Fairway. Um, he did all this training so that he could do this because Bob Odenkirk is a comedian. He's not a fit guy. He shouldn't be doing these things. And he's like almost 60 years old. And so he had to train for two years to do this movie. He did all this massive amounts of crazy training. And then they go and they film this movie and it ends up being this big hit. And like people are like totally believing him as this complete boss. If you get a chance, go see the movie. It's really this. good. It you just got like watch it this weekend. Yeah. Matt. When you watch it this weekend, you're going to come back on Monday and you're going to say, Jake, we have to talk about this movie. Yes. So good. That good. All right. Now I have now told you too much about the movie. I've wasted too much time. I did not plan on talking about that, you guys. I apologize, but I just, if you see the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. It just gets into your blood and you get very excited. We have a lot more coming up. At the start of the next hour, I'm going to give you the answer to that uh, trivia clip, although most of you have already gotten it. We have the news roundup. We have just a ton of stuff. So stick around. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights.